Borderlands Buzz, a podcast brought to you by the Borderlands Research Institute at Sul Ross State University. The Borderlands Research Institute is conserving the last frontier through research, education, and outreach. Support for this podcast comes from Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. I'm Lydia Saldana with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, and we're partnering with the Borderlands Research Institute to bring you this podcast. Our guest for our very first edition of Borderlands Buzz is none other than Dr. Lewis Harvison, who leads BRI. Welcome, Lewis. Hey, Lydia, how are you? Doing pretty good. You know, as we, we record this very first podcast, I know that faculty, staff, and students at Sol Ross State University are getting ready for a semester like no other. Can you tell us how y'all are pivoting this semester in these times of COVID? Uh, you bet. We're about uh, a week, week and a half away from classes starting. We're excited about a new cohort of students and certainly taking all precautions necessary to ensure their safety as well as the safety of our, our staff and, and faculty. Um, you know, one, one good thing about Sol Ross is that we are relatively small compared to the big universities across the state. So if anybody is able to adjust and pivot uh, in these, this, these awkward times uh, surrounding COVID, uh, it should be our university. So we're, we are excited about the, the return and have put in a lot of different precautions to, to make sure everybody's good. Yeah, I know. I know. I talked to Dr. Luna earlier this summer about, um, or actually in the spring, when when y'all first started hunkering down, and he made the comment that you know when you're a wildlife researcher, you're kind of used to things not going as planned. So y'all are probably better set up than most people to deal with this, right? We we sure hope so. And you know, and obviously some classes are more amenable to uh, online uh, learning, uh, but there's a lot that are not. We're such a hands-on type of uh, institute and university uh, that it, it's posed a, a few challenges, but I think we're up for it. Of course, your, your bread and butter is, is all the research projects that you have underway. At, you know, I mean, I would guess um, lots of projects underway at any given time. Has, ha, have any of these projects been impacted or is the research just kind of going on as, as, as per usual? You know, early on, right after uh, spring break, when, you know, we realized that we weren't really coming back to the university and we were all you know, moving to online courses, um, it was that time and, and there was travel restrictions. And so, you know, for a couple of weeks there, we, we weren't able to get in the field and collect data, uh, but it, it didn't take long to, to show uh, the, the, the new administration what we do and the fact that we, we work in isolated areas and remote ranches and there really wasn't any risk associated with our activities. And so really since then, uh, we've been full throttle as far as our research uh, in, in, you know, the administrative part of that, again, we have precautions, the face mask, the uh, uh, exits and entrance to the building, just trying to minimize direct contact. And then uh, one of my favorite things is, is taking meetings outside as opposed to sitting in my office. And so I uh, really, you know, I relish that anyway. So it was easy to adapt uh, to having meetings outside as opposed to inside. There's always a silver lining, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I know you're always starting new projects and finishing up ones, you know, that, are, that have been underway for a while. Is, has anything wrapped up, any, any big project wrapped up, that you, any research results that you might share with us? Well, we, we have a couple big projects that are wrapping up. Our, our mountain lion uh, research project in uh, Davis Mountains and Big Bend National Park. Uh, collectively, that was about a 10-year effort. And so we're excited about wrapping that up. We don't really have the results to share with you right now but those should be forthcoming. 
Uh, we, we are jumping into our second year of our Respect Big Bend initiative, which is you know, trying to, to work with uh, energy industry and work with landowners and community members and conservation partners to really help um, set a vision for what we want this part of the world uh, to look like uh, with, with respect to energy development in particular. And so we're excited about that, that next phase of that and then um, phasing that into a new uh, suite of counties. And so we're obviously excited about that. And then we, we always have new projects. We have a new project or pardon me, a project that just finished uh, looking at cattle grazing and really uh, the impacts of cattle grazing on pronghorn and forage production. And, and the take home message there is that cattle are a great tool uh, for pronghorn. And so they, they're very complementary animal production, grazing uh, really um, sets up a, a good environment for forbs, uh, which are really kind of a, a weeds and, and the flowery plants that we have across the landscape, which pronghorn consume almost 80% of their diet is made up of forbs. And so finding out what those interactions were, and then we'll be sharing that with our landowner partners to see if we can't help them, uh, you know, better manage for pronghorn. So what are some of the ways, how do you get that information out to landowners? Yeah, so one, one thing that the Institute, one of our, our legs, I guess, in, in our mission uh, is research, education, and outreach. And so that outreach mission we take very seriously. It's not, we're not just a research institute. We don't do research just to do research. We do research that's going to help. Uh, and so we, we embrace this idea of sharing information freely. Uh, we have a variety of social media outlets. We have a, a new and approved website that, that's slowly rolling out. Uh, we have online newsletters. We have uh, hard copy newsletters. Uh, and then we have some research reports that we uh, just started this year that will be going out in the near future. So we, we do everything we can uh, to share information, including various uh, landowner workshops, webinars, uh, just anything we can to share information. Because otherwise it's, it's, you know, if it's just collecting dust on a shelf, it's really not doing anyone any good in managing those, those natural resources. So you mentioned the Respect Big Bend initiative, and I, I, I'll bet uh, maybe our very next podcast will actually dive into that topic really deeply. So don't want to do a deep dive right now, but it, um, the role of BRI with the Respect Big, Big Bend project, it kind of shows how BRI has matured over the last 10, 13 years. Um, and, and just thinking about that, you want to reflect a little bit about um, just how BRI got started? How did, how did this research institute come to be? You bet. Um, you know, it's, um, it's been very dear to my heart. Uh, I've been the uh, um, only director at this point, and, you know, one day we will be passing that, that torch to someone else. Um, but about 13 years ago, uh, we, we, had, we received permission from uh, then was uh, President um, Vic Morgan, and, you know, we modeled it after the, the Cesar Clayburg Institute down in South Texas, which I think is a really good model for kind of a public-private partnership in conservation. And, um, you know, 13 years later, we've, we've increased our, our faculty, our expertise, our staff. You know, the one thing that I see that, that's changed a lot is really the scale of the projects. Instead of doing, you know, a two-year project that, that is really a thesis project for a graduate student, you know, we have 10-year projects and 12-year projects and, and just the scale temporally, but also spatially. Uh, this, the, the Respect Big Bend is a great example. It, 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 is, it covers the entire Trans-Pecos, but trying to develop a plan 
using good science and GIS mapping uh, and, and a lot of landowner and community engagement uh, to really share what that vision is for the region. So we have, we've, we've matured a lot and it, it's been fun to watch and um, I'm a little too close to it sometimes. So it takes others to remind me uh, kind of where we've been and, and kind of where we are and, and kind of reflect on that. So it's, it's, uh, it's surreal at times uh, uh, on really the maturity of, of the Institute and, and all the support that we've received to get where we are today. And you know, that support, I mean, you've got, I know you have a very active advisory board, uh, you know, donors that have donated again and again, you know, sponsors, foundations. Why do you think there's been such a positive response? You know, I, I, I think that is a credit to really, I think, society's um, awareness and their need for information with respect to natural resources. You know, when we, when we launched, it was just the right time for it. And I think the landowners who really, uh, some of our primary constituents, they were, it was obvious that they were hungry for information um, on natural resource management and putting, really putting science behind those management decisions. And so that, that, that is, I think, part of that success. And, and like you said, our advisory board, the, their vision and their ability to network and open some doors and, and opportunities, certainly our, our local administration, uh, we have new president, uh, Pete Gallego, who's been a long time uh, senator and state representative here. Um, I, I know he, he very much values the mission that we have, uh, not only from a conservation standpoint, but also an educational uh, and, and community outreach, being able to show relevance for the work we do to really anybody. You know, we, we there, again, no point in doing the, the work if, if it's not relevant and it's not going to be useful. Okay. So what's, what's new or what's on the horizon that you might want to share with us? Well, we have a, a lot of new things coming up. I think one of the um, kind of in the, in off, off the radar a little bit is uh, we recently uh, launched a new foundation uh, for the Institute. It's called the Borderlands Research Foundation. Uh, and it's in partnership with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, actually. Uh, they've been a great mentor to us and they're helping us uh, with our, our financial management of those resources, starting a nonprofit, and really opening just more doors of opportunity uh, for funding of, of the research and the things that we do here at the Institute. Um, also, obviously, the Respect Big Bend, where, where that is going, I feel like we're just getting started with that because it is such a large uh, spatial scale and the, the time frame it's going to require uh, to, to come up with a, a good plan that has been uh, vetted with such a, a broad constituency. Uh, we have a, a, a songbird program that is that is flourishing. It's a fledgling stage, so to speak. Uh, and, and actually yesterday I was uh, scouting uh, one of the properties that we hope to use in some of our, our field research, but also some of our community outreach. Uh, so we're going to start taking uh, community members, health school children, whatever that is, uh, out in the field and letting them learn more about birds and how important this region to, is to bird conservation. And that's just a, a nice, um, you know, birding is just one of those activities that is just very, you know, any age, any size person, anybody can take up birding. And it just, there's a lot of good benefit from bird conservation that overflows into the many species and habitats that we have out here. So we, we have, again, lots of different things uh, kind of coming to light and new programs and, and there's just a lot of excitement here at the Institute. That's, that's really awesome. 
well, is there anything keeping you up at night these days? Anything that you're concerned about or worried about? Yeah, you know, the, the, the COVID thing, it, it is, I think you'll see that most conservation organizations that operate like us that are, you know, basically operate as a nonprofit. It's just a, it's a unsettling time uh, in, in all forms and fashion. Um, you know, philanthropy is down. There's just, there's less opportunities to have those face-to-face -face meetings. And that's such an important element of what we do and really how we do it. It's, it's handshakes and, you know, sharing a tailgate with somebody and, and <laughs> talking about um, the common threads of land stewardship and really the science that we use to help people with land stewardship. So those are things, those are, I know the, the COVID thing is it's going to be a finite time. Um, obviously, everybody um, is ready for those days to be over. Uh, but those, those are things that, you know, I guess worry me a little bit. But but again, we'll, we're, we're positive. We, we have an optimistic uh, outlook on, on life and our, our future as a conservation organization. So while on the flip side of that question, what, what inspires you? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy, again, a, a true optimist. Uh, I, I can be inspired by a lot of things, and I am inspired by a lot of things. I, I'm inspired by this new cohort of, of freshmen that's coming in that, you know, are aspiring wildlife biologists, and they, they have an inkling of, of what it will take to be and succeed in this profession. And it's really up to us to give them those opportunities and give them that guidance to do it well. Um, I'm also inspired by our faculty and their commitment to uh, higher education and conservation, and certainly to, to our conservation partners that, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder with us on various projects or uh, support us with, with information, and then we, we try to feed it back, uh, and most certainly our, our land stewards. You know, it's, it's with a, a private land state, 97% privately owned is, is what we have here in Texas. You know, we can't do any conservation really without those landowners. And so those relationships that we have with landowners, um, being able to listen to landowners, because I think we, we some, you know, many times we learn more from them than they learn from us. And so it's a kind of a bi-directional system where we're learning from each other. And, and those are extremely, extremely rewarding uh, relationships to cultivate uh, and partake in. And, and it's, you know, those are some of the things that we miss right now with, with COVID, but, but again, we're, we're really excited about what, what, what the future holds. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm an inspired guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great note to wrap up this conversation. There's going to be so much to talk about on podcasts in the, in the coming months, you know, from Respect Big Ben to diving into some of these research projects, um, you know, to maybe interviewing some students and, and professors. So I, I know I'm looking forward to that. Um, so uh, again, thanks for your time and uh, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Lydia. Borderlands Buzz is brought to you by the Borderlands Research Institute at Sol Ross State University and sponsored by Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. Find out more about our work at bri.solross.edu.